death from ice, fire, and humans. Six major extinction events. Prehistoric podcast! <laughs> Welcome back to the Prehistoric Podcast. Today, we're going to be covering six major extinction events in the history of life on Earth. And it's crazy to think, but did you guys know that we're actually in the middle of an extinction event? Yeah. That is the Holocene extinction event, and you're actually in it right now. It started about 11,000 years ago. But don't worry about you. It's the animals that are in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're in trouble if the animals are in trouble, don't you think, Dylan? I guess kind of. All right. So let's start out with the Ordovician Silurian extinction event. What was life like before the Ordovician? It was based... It had... <gasps> Anomalocaris. It was the Cambrian period, yes. right? And we had the, if the you Cambrian had, explosion. If you were paying attention to our last podcast, that was the Cambrian explosion. That and was, we had we had a lot of proto animals such as proto shrimp and proto arthropods. Proto arthropods, and we had trilobites. Um, trilobites were emerging, and they would be hugely successful and survive so, through multiple extinctions. Two. Actually. They survived through two major extinction events. And Anomalocaris, which is one of the first predators to be shown in the fossil record. And how do we think the first extinction event went down? What are some of the theories, Dylan? Some of the theories are that plants on land took the, the CO2 from the air and made the earth start to cool. Well, it says abundant plant life removed carbon dioxide, CO2 from the air, causing global cooling and glaciers. So, essentially an ice age. And, so, and it's the, the opposite of what's happening right, or what they theorize is happening right now. Too much CO2 in the atmosphere leads to global warming. If you're removing CO2 from the atmosphere, it can lead to global cooling. They're also, the, the sea levels are uh, lowering. And what because did, of the glaciers. There was not herbivores on land eating any of the plants, so the plants just basically went buck wild, right? Yeah. And as a result, you know, it led to cooling of the earth, which had a, a massive effect on the climate, which led to 86% of all life on earth dying. And let's say what animals lived in the Ordovician. What? So yeah, go ahead. So there were giant squid, and if you were in those seas, it was basically reverse calamari. Ah, yeah. I remember that from one of the documentaries we watched. Reverse calamari is when the squid eats you, right? So we have an, our first extinction event is the second biggest extinction event in our history at 86% of all life on Earth when extinct. But the trilobites survived. The trilobites did survive, which brings us into... The Devonian. The late Devonian extinction. And this is the age of fish. The age of fish. And what do we have? We have Dunkleosteus. And 
Tiktaalik, the first fish to go on land. And Dugliosius, it doesn't have teeth. Its its jaws are bone. Yes, yeah, so if you see a, a, a skeleton of a Dugliosius, you notice that its lower jaw has these big teeth-like protrusions. Upper, actually, upper too. Upper and lower jaw. And it, they look like teeth, but it's actually just its entire skull bone forms teeth-like protrusions. And it used these to great effect to just crush its Anything. enemies, right? Yeah. Even so, other Dunkleosteus. Yeah, it was a, a, a cannibal. So, in this particular extinction, we're looking at 75%. That's that's probably the least worst extinction so far. Uh, well, so far, well, we started with second second worst. 75% of all life on Earth, and uh, there's this one is not 100% well understood but, as to how it happened. But the main theory is that there were so much plants that they took up all the oxygen, and there wasn't enough oxygen for many species. Well... The, the main theory to, to add to what Dylan said is that algae were just going in hyperdrive and they were just reproducing like gangbusters. And as a result, they consumed vast amounts of ocean of oxygen in the oceans and actually suffocated the ocean life that was uh, in there, right? But going on land is uh, how you survive. Yeah, so that's why we saw the emergence of, of, of more land-based land animals. Animals are starting to go on the land. And, and actually, if I'm looking through, if I'm looking forward, you are right in that this may be one of the least amount of losses at 75%. Now we're moving into the Permian-Triassic extinction event. We're at... Now, 252 million years ago. So, the animals at this time. Well, the trilobites are still alive. They survived the Devonian. And there are the creatures known as synapsids. Yes, we have proto-mammals, which are early-type mammals. And there's um, like Dimetrodon. Dimetrodon, and we have a lot of different herbivores that are in the synapsid And, and the, her the herbivores are really fat. And aren't archosaurs part of this time period? Yeah, they're the ancestors of dinosaurs, right? Archosaurs are the ancestors of dinosaurs, that's right. And this one actually is the more one of the more well-understood great extinction events. And we're looking at a near-complete loss of life. This 96% was 96% loss. And this is definitely in our history... The closest we've ever come to just losing all of life on Earth. This extinction event is, is also known as what? The Great Dying. The Great Dying. And it is linked to the Siberian Traps. These are, imagine a volcano. It's just, an, it's just a, a um, mountain that is spewing lava, right? And that's a pretty big deal. But a trap is when there's a huge fault line that is just one giant volcano. And this fault line is just spewing miles and miles and miles of volcanic activity. And that's putting greenhouse gases into the air, essentially making 
the entire atmosphere inhospitable to life on Earth. But some animals survived. The trilobites finally died. Yes, this is the end of the trilobites. But not the end of the huge squid. So we the all of these gases that the Siberian traps release from the atmosphere made the ocean and the rain acidic, which is essentially a highly toxic environment for life on Earth. But there in the Permian, there's this huge shark called Helicoprion, and it somehow managed to survive into it, the Triassic. It did survive into the Triassic, but it did die early in the Triassic. And when I say early, it was a million years. So That's probably uh, in competition with the marine reptiles, right? Yeah, so when you say it's easy when you're talking about geologic events to, to say, oh, it was only a million years. Well, a million years is quite a long period of time. I mean, there are people who think that the entire Earth is only 6,000 years old. So, well, if we bring us forward to, to the Triassic, Jurassic extinction, which is 201 million years ago. Right. And at this point in time, dinosaurs... Were, did not rule. They did emerge, but they did not rule. They were mostly small, carnivorous dinosaurs. And it was not very clear that they were going to be the dominant species. Because they shared their world with giant amphibians, crocodiles, synapsids, all kinds of stuff. And what's interesting is, and it's just like the age of mammals after the dinosaurs, whenever there's a mass extinction event, all these niches up. open up. And then they then one kind of species takes over. Right. And what we see in every mass extinction event is the top predators and the top species are normally the ones who get hit the hardest, right? Yeah. Normally the top predators and the top species of of any mass extinction event are the biggest losers. And the people that are, for example, these tiny little dinosaurs that existed in the Triassic, they're the ones who go on during the Jurassic and the Cretaceous to those, rule the Earth. With most of those other reptiles dead, they take over the world. Right, because all these different niches that were occupied by, say, giant alligators and huge archosaurs or whatever the case may be, they just didn't have the opportunity to grow into those roles, right? All right, well, let's go back to the Triassic-Jurassic extinction. This is another one where we think between the... We have Ice Age extinctions and we have volcanic extinctions. We believe that the Triassic-Jurassic extinction is another example of a volcanic extinction. Is that accurate? Yeah, and I think we learned that it was because the opening of the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. And... Essentially, what happened is, is all the CO2 that was spewed into the atmosphere, again, it trapped heat and acidified the oceans, causing the mass extinction. There are some scientists who think that a asteroid impact may have contributed to this as well, but it, it may have been just normal geologic activity yeah. in plate tectonics. All right. We're moving along now to the next. We're at number five. and The most famous. This extinction. is the most famous for the, sure. The dinosaur extinction 
or the Cretaceous Paleogenic. Oh, did we say for the Triassic what the loss was? It was 80%. Yes, we did. Okay, 80%. So the, the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction, how long ago is that? 66 million years ago, or 65. And we're at how big of a loss? We're at 60 to 76% loss. That so, might be less than the Devonian. Yeah, so the, the it's either the Devonian or the Cretaceous potentially are the, uh, the least impactful extinction so, events. During the Cretaceous, there's basically the most famous dinosaurs, like T-Rex, Ankylosaurus, Triceratops, Velociraptor. And, of course, the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction, there was no what we would call a major extinction event between Jurassic and Cretaceous. So we have our Stegosaurus and our Allosaurus. But I, the Stegosaurus the and the Allosaurus went extinct, mostly. They did, in the Jurassic period, though, but it wasn't part of a major extinction. Yeah. And uh, this one is most famous because, although at the time when this occurred, there was a huge amount of volcanic activity that was putting pressure on the dinosaurs through similar traps that were erupting called the Deccan Traps. Obviously, a 15-mile-wide asteroid hitting the Gulf of Mexico is a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. And I what's, think what's the name of that asteroid? It's called the Chicxulub Impactor. Impactor. <laughs> it's Chicxulub. The Chicxulub Crater is what they found. And actually, I was listening to some other information today about dinosaurs and reading, and they have actually found ripples from the impactor across different sites on the globe. So, in other words, people have found, like, actual shock waves in the geologic record in other places on the Earth that are just hundreds of miles away from the main impact site. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. And... Did all the dinosaurs go extinct? Well, no. we know that they did not. Avian dinosaurs did survive. Yes. Which are descent, which are part of thera the theropod group. Yeah, but not all birds are avians, so. Yeah, not all birds. Well, they were. The current school of thought is that only avian dinosaurs survived and that but if you're into non-avian dinosaurs then you have an ostrich well if you have an ostrich that's an example of convergent evolution so what happened it was it basically evolved into the an ornithomimus the the birds that the bird that eventually became an ostrich filled a niche and lost its ability to flight as it was evolving into that niche so that's an example of what we call convergent evolution all right, this guys, now is this is the sobering moment. Now we are presently in the Holocene extinction event, which started about 11,000 years ago and is still happening right The current extinction rate right now is at least a 1,000 times greater than the normal extinction rate. In other words, if humans weren't around, the rate of extinction would be 1,000 times less than it is now. There wouldn't even be an extinction, probably. Yeah. the Well, there would always be extinctions. A normal or background extinction rate is the average rate of extinction based on the longevity of a species through time without human influence, determined by the fossil record. <laughs> That's the official definition. Anyway, scientists believe that human impact on the environment is the leading cause of extinction today. 
it's not just the environment though it is our encroachment on the habitat that these animals we're, need to survive we're very greedy we're ex we're a virus on the earth yeah. and we will probably, as a species, be dead within a few hundred years. Or, and hopefully the animals can take back over the earth. Right. If we don't die, then the reason will be is because we harness the power of space exploration. We're able to expand And then we'll just leave the earth, earth alone. And then We won't leave the earth alone. We'll probably still destroy the earth, but we can start destroying other planets as well. Yeah, destroying <laughs> alien planets. Yeah, well, I don't know if we, if, you know, I guess it's always fun to think if we can get outside of our solar system, but with our current understanding of the expanding universe. I don't think we'd be able to destroy the gas planets because they're just made of gas. Yeah, well, there's also nothing for us to do there, or at least that I'm aware of. Uh, maybe Elon Musk can tell us what we can do with that. But our first, our first pit stop is Mars, right? Yeah. Anyway... Not to, not to lead us off a negative. Hopefully but, everyone can do what they can to try to, to do a reversal. That or, being, you know, we just have to be realists. Or about we accidentally just make dinosaurs from extinction and then they eat us all. And then well, they can rule the earth once more. Unfortunately for Jurassic Park, modern weaponry would make actual Jurassic Park containment probably not that big of a deal. Because... There's not a whole lot of T-Rex is going to do against a Gatling gun. And that's that was oh, invented in the gun. Civil War. It's just a gun that can fire rounds from a rifle very quickly. And that is that was invented hundreds of years ago by humans. We have things that are way more destructive than that now. We have bombs that can level an entire city. So, so basically dinosaurs don't stand a chance. Dinosaurs them. do not stand even a small chance. Now, they might be able to definitely wreak some havoc before the responders, you know, the military was able to come in. But once they came in, they're just not adapted to deal with the type of ordinance we can bring they, against them. They'd probably be panicked to see all these weird houses and weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they would be panicked or just act more instinctual. Uh, it's like an interesting crushing conjecture. the houses because they think of Wild animals or something? I don't know. Well, this is the, uh, the six major extinction events. And I want it to end. I want giraffes to survive. Um, you want the what? Giraffes the, to survive and dinosaurs. Giraffes and dinosaurs surviving. And so. pretty much everything. I don't want anything to die except for maybe, like, mites or, and stuff that, that kill us. The mites that are killing the bees? No, that are trying to... To bite us and stuff. Oh, the bite us? Why do you care about us if we're all dead? Oh yeah, whatever. But maybe varroa mites, which are which are decimating honeybee populations. Yeah. Well, just to summarize it, we're starting 440 million years ago with the Ordovician Silurian extinction. That's an ice age. Late Devonian extinction, 365 million years ago. Another ice age. Then we have the Permian Triassic, which is volcanoes. And that happened 252 million years ago. Number four, Triassic-Jurassic extinction, 200 million years ago, another volcano. Cretaceous-Paleogene, this is uh, a giant asteroid in combination with volcanic activity. And then the Holocene extinction event, with which Homo is sapiens. Homo sapiens wreaking havoc on the Earth. 
Yeah. All right. This is our new segment, Prehistoric Battles. Battles. And today, we are going to face off. Ankylosaurus versus T-Rex. And this is an epic battle that actually could have happened because both of these mighty beasts existed during the late Cretaceous. And actually the T-Rex would have faced down Ankylosaurus in part of its natural habitat. Right, Dylan? Yes. So we thought this would be an We are going to do some theoretical battles too. Like if you wanted to do Giganotosaurus versus T-Rex because of the new Jurassic Park Dominion coming out. But we know, as That's dinosaur fans, that that is just theoretical because not only did were they separated by geography, but they were separated by millions and millions of years as well. Yeah, but we can do unrealistic and realistic battles. Great. All right, guys, let's start the battle. In this quarter, Tyrannosaurus Rex, aka Superfight. Location, North America. Time period, Lake Cretaceous. Weight, 9 tons. Length, 40 feet. Diet, dinosaurs. Weapons, mighty jaws with a car-crunching bite force. Defenses, offense is the best defense. Weaknesses, no armor, empathetic arms. Ankylosaurus, aka through the forest. Look, I see an Ankylosaurus. I'm going to stalk slowly up to it. And I'm pouncing out of the bushes. I'm an Ankylosaurus and the T-Rex is chasing after me and I growl at him and shake my tail and... Well, you'll never escape me because... And I bit him on the side. And then I fell to the ground, bleeding on my belly. I love Ankylosaurus meat. I'm going to kill you. I just got hit in the tail. By the tail, in the neck, by the mighty Ankylosaurus club tail. Oh! I am standing on the T-Rex's body. Win! Ankylosaurus win! He has taken down the mighty T-Rex in our first prehistoric battle. And guys, who should face off in the next episode? Let us know in the comments. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed the show. 
I'd encourage you to go over to prehistoricpodcast.com and check out the show notes. We always upload lots of cool facts and YouTube videos and things like that on each post, so hope to see you over there.